0: Welcome to the EntreEd Talk podcast, the show by educators for educators, parents, and the community. We're so excited to bring this to you.
1: I'm Toy. And I'm Laura. And we're excited to uplift best practices in entrepreneurship education. And don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to the EntreEd
0: Talk podcast on whatever platform you listen. Welcome everybody to another episode of Entre Ed Talk podcast. We are so excited today to have Trish Morgan with us. Trish is an innovative and compassionate middle school educator from Hawaii who is doing amazing things with her students. With an award from Farmers Insurance and help from her students, Trish created the Invention Imaginarium at Honolulu Stevenson Intermediate. It is not in Trish's DNA to see limits. She fears nothing and sees each waking minute in and out of school as another opportunity to guide, coach and mentor young people towards the better angels of their nature. Trish's students are not only making and creating, but they are doing it for real people and the greater good. I am so excited to dive into this. Trish has an outstanding ability to make learning accessible to all students through differentiated teaching strategies, positive encouragement and individualized support. Trish has won the 100K Farmers Insurance Dream Big Teachers Challenge National Grant, the Lex Brody's Above and Beyond Award, the Hawaii Society for Technology and Education Making It Happen Award, the State of California 10K Best Buy Teach Grant, and the DOE Innovation Grant. Wow, 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 wow. Trish, welcome. We are so, so excited to have you today. Hey, Thanks. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Trish is in Hawaii, and it's beautiful there. And uh, we are also here with with Laura, my colleague. Laura hasn't been on before, but she is gonna help me interview today, which I'm so excited about also. Let's just go ahead and, and dive in. So, goodness, Trish, uh, so much to talk about, but before we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, where you came from, and how you know your journey led you to where you are today.
2: Okay, so um, I'm from California, uh, born and raised in California. I started teaching there, at the young age, about 22. I originally started actually as a math teacher, um, taught a couple other things along the way, some science, and taught there for eight years. And then my husband got a job out in Hawaii. And of course, I was just like, yeah, I'm gonna go, you know, so we got on a plane, came out here, and I started looking for jobs. And um, of course, I was looking for math, because that's primarily what uh i had taught and then i randomly saw this post for stem and that's about when stem started becoming big this is about 7 years ago and so i jumped on it because i was really excited cuz I'm I'm pretty creative by nature so I wanted to try something new I I just had this gut feeling like it was going to lead to something great so I did and I've been doing that with a little bit of math ever since and I, I love it I love that decision so cool
1: you get into discovering your strengths of experiential learning and moving from I'm sure there's some segue from math to what you're doing now
2: yeah, so totally different. I mean, I I've had some of that embedded in in math. We had tried to do these uh, rock my ride and try to make things you know, a little more uh, meaningful for the kids. And so then I got excited because, again, that STEM job opened that up where I could expand. And, and with STEM, since I was the, one of the two new teachers starting out the program, they gave us a lot of flexibility, which was great. So we could even choose our standards. So we have our standards within the middle school, but we were able to kind of pick and choose, you know. We wanted, our biggest thing was we wanted to support the other teachers, especially in um, science. That was the area we really wanted to, and also math. So we would keep that in mind, but um, I, I started out with, with projects that were kind of like, you know, the, the typical consumable type projects. And it was great and everything, but at the end of the day, honestly, it was just kind of like, I didn't feel like the kids were getting out of it what they needed to, you know? So like not to downplay a lot of projects out there, but a lot of the things that you see that are STEM on the internet, the engineering projects, out of those consumables, um, like some of them, they're supposed to be learning about forces or about Newton's laws. And then in the end, when you go to test these things, they're not really learning that. And so that kind of bothered me. So for me, it was all about learning to figure out what tools do I need? What do my kids really need? You know? And so because of that and then pulling my kids and, and seeing what really excites them, that's what really got me into the experiential learning piece because um, I was able to really, really figure out what, what, drives them and what excites them. And then I was able to build tools based around it.
0: That's so cool that you said that, because um, one of the examples that we give all the time is that even a lot of STEM projects that we Mm -hmm. see are kind of boilerplate cookbook projects, where it's like, oh, we're going to do this great STEM thing, and we're going to build this robot today. And, oh, here's the instructions. Yes. Yes. 30 robots that look exactly the same and
2: and no kid
0: can tell you what he or she learned at all. Right. And they're they're
2: truly not just letting them think outside the box. And that bothered me so much because everything I was seeing online for all these STEM kits, I thought, oh, that's really cool. But then I'd look at it and go, wait, it makes one thing. You know, what are they really learning? Oh, and like you said, there's instructions. So I wanted to get away from that and I wanted to give them a truly like unique experience, give them the tools in their hands so that they can actually develop custom solutions. That way, when you leave high school, you can actually solve real world problems on your own. You have the skill set. you know, you've worked with others, you have the leadership skills, you um, know how to work in a team, and then you know how to think outside the box. So that was really important to me. That's
0: awesome. I mean, that's, and that's very, we'll, we'll ask about that a little bit later, I think, but that's very entrepreneurial the way that, we always try to interject, you know, cause we're like all the, <laughs> it's very entrepreneurial <laughs> the, the way that you thought, because you kind of, you had your customers, you had your kids in mind. Yeah. So to that, cause you you started doing that, which is just that that, that's a tribute to you being an amazing teacher. But tell us how that led to, you got your grants, maybe tell us how that came about and then talk about this Imaginarium and the things that have happened because of this.
2: Again, I'm um, new to STEM and I knew I needed the tools. And so I just started scouring the internet for uh, grants and I saw one and it was a hundred thousand dollar farmer's insurance teachers uh, dream big grant. And I, I just like, I'm going to go for this, you know, it can't hurt. If I can't get this, then at least I'll have a well-written grant that I can use in other places. And so I went for it and the whole plan was really just kind of trying to make like a makerspace type thing. So we knew, you know, you got to have a catchy title with a, with a grant, so came up with Innovative Invention Imaginarium, um, wrote up the grant, submitted it, and then the part that I actually didn't know is that it came down to a national vote. So my principal walks in, I think it was like the first week of school, and she goes, guess what, you're a finalist, and I'm like, oh my gosh. So they, they called and they said, okay, there's going to be a media day. They're going to come. They're going to get a video of you and your what your dream project is. And then it went to national vote. So I was one of 15 people in the top five with the most votes would get the $100,000 each for their projects. So, you know, I, I, I was excited. And then they came and then I asked, you know, what does it take to win? And she said, oh, it takes hundreds of thousands of votes. And actually my heart sunk. I thought there's no way. I live in Hawaii. They're like, you know, I don't have (laughs) the manpower. I'm from a pretty small school compared to mainland schools. I just, I felt defeated to be honest, but we stayed on it and we had a good campaign. We put it all over um, the the news and we had so much support here in Hawaii that we were, we were one of the five. So Got the grant, got $100,000, and I was able to make two rooms, not just one. So it was started out as just kind of like the the makerspace feel. So with the makerspace, you got like typical, you know, sewing machines, a laser cutter, vinyl cutters, t-shirt press, some power tools. And then what I thought was important also with the kids is professional DJ equipment so that that's the student voice, you know, that can take over those dances because middle school kids, they love music. And so that's just an important skill that reaches a whole nother crowd that maybe you wouldn't reach with the sewing machines or the other things in the room. So there's the makerspace that's kind of the messier work area. And then I made another lab because I was able to stretch that $100,000 and we got fully loaded with IMAX, um, the open-ended t- uh, coding kits, so like Arduino and microbit, et cetera. And then some uh, DSLR cameras and green screen tech, et cetera. So the whole difference between them is the iLab is more just like cutting edge technology so i want to keep current at all times you know just keep fueling it now with other grants the best we can try to get some vr in there if we can um, and then the makerspace is that that messy workspace where they get to really explore
1: quick question something you said a few minutes ago is that really strikes me that you said you listen to your middle schoolers and i find that they're so hungry still at that age for people to listen to them So how did you incorporate their ideas into all this and how did you incorporate like winning the farmers with those students? Actually, they're they're a big part of it from the very get-go because I wanted to make this makerspace
2: and actually the principal at the time gave me, um, I think it was like four to $5,000 from some other grant she had and it was just sitting there and we were gonna have this makerspace on campus but it sat there for a year and I walked up and said, what do we got to do to make this happen? And so, and I didn't want to step on anyone else's toes because, you know, other people might've been involved. And she said, no, 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 just take the money, make it happen. I said, okay, within two weeks up and running, you know, it was low budget, but it was something we had the sewing machines in there and some other things, even video games just to bring them in. Cause that's technically esports. you know, like super smash and <laughs> stuff so like that. It brings them. Um, I took lists of common tools are all over the internet of things that you can find in a makerspace. And the first thing I did was I took it and went to the kids and I said, hey, look at this, you know, look at these lists. What needs to be in there? Right. So that's where we generated the list. And that was where all basically all of the ideas for the grant came from. So it was, it was a collaborative effort. And, and I try to do that as much as possible with the kids because they got to be excited about what they're learning about. And chances are, if they love what they're learning, I totally am into it, too. That's not normal. Um, it's because oh.
1: no, but not normal. Watch Survive Middle School as <laughs> a parent. Tori's <laughs> about to hit it. Conversations about middle school. So you got this thing up and running, and this is this
0: is huge. So can you talk a little bit about some of the the. Kind of the standout projects, or even even current projects that your kids are working on. Yeah, you shared with me before, and I've been thinking about them and dreaming about them for a week now.
2: <laughs> uh, let me—I'll highlight four of them. So, I think where it all started really was um, right about the time I was getting the hundred thousand uh, dollars that the farmers was finalizing the contract and sending the money over. Um, I had been at a workshop, this guy comes up and he's alumni of my school. And he said, Hey, you know, I, I know a lady who's an alumni of the school. Also, she's a um, ex lawyer, and she's got four prosthetics. And basically, he said, you know, she's frustrated, because the two prosthetic arms that she was given, they um, don't work very well. So one had like a just, kind of a generic just an okay sign and the other was kind of like a clamp like a pirate clamp you know um they both were about anywhere from twelve 000 to fifteen thousand dollars she said but they didn't function quite properly um so he said well you know I've seen some stuff on the internet like some 3D printed things would your kids be interested and I didn't heart, have the heart to say no, even though I had no idea how to do it. So I was like, yeah, sure, bring them in. I got some smart kids. So we met with her and him and um, we, it, we gave them like hope, you know, that we could accomplish this. And so because of that, after we met with them, we didn't give up because we wanted to give her the best thing we could. We could see the frustration in her eyes. She had necrotizing fasciitis like excelling, amazing attorney. And then suddenly her life was changed, you know? And so we went to work, uh, a couple of my students, they actually sat there for two weeks. And, you know, as a teacher, when you look over and you see your, your kids aren't really working and you're on, I'm like, hey, are you getting your research? What's going on? You know? And really what happened was after two weeks, I realized my kids are brilliant. These two that were on this project, they were, they were thinking the whole time. They were just trying to figure it out. They weren't not working on the project. They were just trying to figure it out. And um, they looked at like the enable type of patterns that are out there, different things, piecing it together. And um, after that two weeks, they got in there, they were working with the CAD software, some coding issues and stuff and whipped out everything in a matter of, a couple de- days for the design. Then we started printing. Um, we started prototyping. Um, there's a lot of like joints and stuff. This is actually nice podcast. You can't see, but oh this is this is the first prototype. So it's it works through elbow action. So when she goes to pick up something, because she has you know up to about um, her forearm so when she goes to pick up then it's tension strung and for the first time she was able to throw so that was like our biggest accomplishment I thought and and after that that was kind of like okay you know like I've always told the kids from day one we are so fortunate to have this money coming and you know have the money from farmers and I wanted to make sure that the kids do that like other schools don't have what we have so we need to pay it forward always like we're going to take these things. We're going to use it for good. And that was part of the farmer's philosophy anyway. And I'm so grateful that it was part of their philosophy it was always like a big part of the grant was giving back to the community. And so for me, proving the grant like that, that was one of the biggest pieces that's always in my head It's like, what am I going to do next for someone in the community? And I'm so grateful for that because as a teacher, that's changed who I am and what I do. And it's made things more meaningful for my kids too. So that was one project, and then um, a lot of kids, you know, just the success of that—it's it's contagious. Other kids it, walked in, and and they were just like, "Can we make a prosthetic too?" You know, the ne- next year that I had students walk in, and and I said, "Well, yeah, but we need a client," you know. So we were making some fingers for her. So that was a side project too. We we're trying to improve. Um, fingers so that on a touchpad on a phone she could scroll because it was a problem because she's missing the up to the first nub on her fingers and so it's really hard for her to use her phone so we're working on that but then um, I had a a teacher at our school approach me and said hey we have got a student who was born basically without four fingers on one of his hands I said we do I did not know you know so I met the kid and I wasn't sure at first, you know, if, if he was interested, I'd be careful because I just, I never really, I was trying to be sensitive. Like if you don't want him, mean, that's cool, you know, but he, um, he said, oh, let, let me think about it, you know? And then I, I actually just felt like, oh man, why did I even ask? I feel horrible. I didn't, I didn't have a relationship with him cause I didn't know him, you know? And so then he comes back and goes, you know what? I really want him. And so I was like, oh, that's cool. So we were meeting with him and um, we were able to crank out four prosthetic fingers. So again, tension, string. Um, so they, they work. And the great thing was at the end of the year, he was begging, he's like, can I please be in your class next year? I was like, yeah, let's go to the principal, let ask. So we got him permission, I don't have him for STEM. Um, he does know how to make his own fingers. Um, so, for him, that's like one of the most valuable things maybe he'll take from middle school. And that makes me proud because, you know, for the rest of his life, he can make advancements. He knows best, you know, he can make advancements better than we can. He knows how to make things better um, for anyone else with his situation. Um, so, we're still working on the top part because we're trying to get it to flex, right? But they do work on a pull string, they work in individually. Another project would be a lot of things that we're doing with Arduino again. And I'm, I'm not computer science major. I never took a computer science class in my life. I was terrible even at keyboarding in high school, but um, I I learned everything from I, I learned everything from YouTube, and and now I'm I'm pretty good, you know. So it's it's I I am the testament right here that you don't have to know anything really before you go into, you can't, you can't be afraid of not knowing everything. And that's for a lot of like, especially older time teachers, you're kind of taught to stand deliver. So it's scary when you get into this type of environment. But I think what changed me is just, just the, the back to the 3d printed arm situation. You know, like we didn't know, we didn't even have a 3d printer at the time, but we went for it. And from that now, we're just, we're risky and we're ready to try to solve anything. It doesn't matter if you know everything or not. Um, So we started working with um, Arduino. So I started teaching the kids how to program with electronics, so electronic kits. And um, last year, one of my students for a science fair created um, a sensor for a visually impaired girl at our school. As she gets closer to an object, then it will beep. So that was great. And then this year we took her project and tried to make it better. So my kids actually paired up with Hawaii School for Deaf and Blind and we got the deaf kids in there and my kids were able to communicate with them. We were using clipboards and then three of my kids are actually children of deaf. So they were able to translate along with some other translators that they sent with us. So they were able to teach them how to code with the electronic kits, and then they've made improvements to the past project for um, the blind student. And now, not only that, the the past project, it was a proximity distance sensor, but now um, we're adding on a couple things. So we're trying to add on a PIR sensor that's still going on for motion for people because the other's for objects. But we we were successfully able to add um, a new feature, which is as you get closer in proximity it gets louder the alarm whereas before it was just a certain distance and it would alarm so just little things like that where the kids can take a previous project feel successful because they they built it but then also make improvements where they make it their own too so that's pretty cool and then um the final project uh, we do this every year now is as an intro to 3D printing. My kids make one of their projects is to make a toy for the kids at Shriners Hospital, which is down the street. They go out and not only that, but they collect items like toys for the kids, and um, we've tied blankets because my my nephew actually had cancer, and his his number one complaint is that when they when they came and said, what do you want? He's such a sweet kid. He said, you know, actually nothing. But what I want is to collect a bunch of blankets and take them to the hospital for kids that um, have cancer or are in there because I was so cold. So that hit me. And so that stuck. So that's one of the things I felt was important too. So every um, holiday break, we go and we drop off the 3D printed toys and everything that the kids collect. Cause we just, it's gotta be hard as a kid to be stuck in a hospital over the holiday. A lot of them live for that time of year. So that's, that's one of the other projects that I'm i am proud of that we always continue.
1: Oh my God. I'm just blown away <laughs> by all this. One, that these are middle schoolers. Two, your heart is, I mean, it's what everybody would hope to be as an educator, as an entrepreneur, that you really do something out of passion. I, again, I'm just blown away. How do you, how do you inspire other educators who are, you know, maybe new to entrepreneurship and, and keeping, help, helping them learn the uh, student-centered innovation ideas that you clearly have got a handle on student-centeredness?
2: I mean, more than anything, it's sharing, right? Sharing and collaborating. You can share with others and they can pick up on on something they're passionate passionate about then they'll take it and they'll soar so a lot of people I work with you know I'm just sharing with them like here take this take this and they make it their own so that's that's the biggest thing I mean you can't go to the internet for everything not everything's great out there (laughs) (laughs) hi all we are super excited to offer an exclusive discount for our listeners to attend this year's entre-ed forum taking place on November 18th and 19th in Chattanooga Tennessee we have an incredible lineup of speakers and experiential learning opportunities to help you ignite entrepreneurial thinking and integrate entrepreneurship into your learning communities. Use promo code ENTREEDTALK to receive 5% off of every individual registration. Again, that's promo code EntraEdTalk. To learn more about the forum and register, visit www.entre-ed.org today and subscribe for updates as we launch new things happening every week as part of the planning for the forum. Thanks. See you there.
0: Oh my goodness, Trish. This is so cool. You know, we, we talk about, you know, entrepreneurship education and and a big part of what entrepreneurship education, STEM education, experiential learning, they kind of all go together in one big soup, you know, (laughs) but I just think it's so incredible how you have brought like really, really up the ante on empathy. Like not only are the kids doing these projects for a real for real people in the world they're doing them for actual people that they actually know and right. even many cases for their own classmates and i mean i'm getting goosebumps just so awesome yeah and it was all because i mean i don't know very many people though that would have said why not let's just you know why why can't we do this i don't know maybe it's on youtube let's just figure it out you know
2: yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's, i didn't I, and i didn't start out that way you know but once once you try it, I just just have faith. I mean, it, it's going to work out if you're that passionate about it, and you stick stick with it. You may fail. You may fail many times, but you're always going to fail forward.
0: Oh my goodness! Well, that I mean I that
1: point you on the uh, can't be afraid of not knowing everything. I think that's probably one of the greatest gifts you're giving your students is the ability to just try
0: yeah this is just so powerful i you know i I hope that that a lot of teachers are listening to this and can and can gain from this and say i mean i our our audience doesn't get to see our video but if y'all could have seen that (laughs) the the prosthetic arm and the back the the fanny pack that she held up it would blow your mind it's just it's just amazing And and if we don't sometimes i think give our kids enough credit especially at that age um You know, and it's, it's, that's just, look what they can do.
2: Yeah. And I think the biggest thing too, for them is they feel good about themselves when they're done. You know, they, they've helped a client and they've changed someone else's life in a positive way. And you don't really get that type of experience. So that's where I've kind of molded my whole program to, I guess, assistive technology. You know, that's what it's developed into, um, And it's, it's so good for the kids. They're, they're naturally, they're angels, you know, and they mean well. And when you're given, when they get that chance to do that as a school project, you see another side, a very mature side come out of them that you may not normally see.
0: Well, they understand why they're doing it. And, and more than that, they, they, it's, they can feel it because they can see how they're impacting somebody else. It's just, it's not, I mean, making a prosthetic in and of itself is a huge, huge ordeal. But if you're making it for someone that you don't ever connect with or you, I mean, but just making that real connection is just unbelievably valuable. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's amazing. What is next for you? What is, what do you think is on, on the horizon? Cause.
2: cause uh, that's, that's funny. funny <laughs> and, and, you know, that's always my question to myself as I'm doing something big with the kids, I'm like, oh, I just did this. Now, what am I going to do next to like, keep myself going with something, you know, I don't want to repeat. I don't like that anymore. I want to <laughs> do something new all the time. But um, I would say, honestly, it depends on our clientele and who, who we get, because um, it's opened my eyes in a, in a whole different way. Um I'm much more in tune with people's needs in general. Like I, I walk by our rooms with the, our special needs kids. And when I look in, I look in and I'm like, what can we do for them? What can we do that will make each of their lives better? Whether it's just something simple, you know, to help them navigate their daily tasks, or something huge. And um, one of the things that we are, going to attempt that we really want to get on is um, one of our students has muscular dystrophy and he has to be taken out of his wheelchair once or twice a year. He has fallen out of his wheelchair during the process and he has been injured and that just crushed me. I'm a sweet kid. So um, one thing that we do want to do is, is make a, a engine using engineering design, we want to try to create a flexing type, uh, wheelchair, so that he can, just from sitting position, we can make it so it stands, so that he can he can move his muscles more. Wow. That way they don't atrophy so much, so that's very out of the box of the other things we've done, but again, it's just the belief, and it can happen.
1: <laughs> well, I'm going to be wanting to watch your students in the future. I mean, you're just giving them such Amazing! You're empowering them. You're giving them skills. You're giving them innovative thoughts, and I, I think you know it's just amazing what these kids will do in the future given the, the start that you've given them.
2: Yeah, I, I think more than anything because I didn't have any experiences like this, you know, growing up through through school. But this is the stuff I needed. I, when I when I reflect on it, it's like I, I needed something meaningful where I could walk out of school and say. I, I solve the problem for a client. You know, I I know how to create something, and I think a lot of not only that, but just with technology. Um, besides just coding, because not all these kids are going to be programmers, you know, like you take computer science, like what other applications, a lot of them might go into the medical field. So let's make something hands on some real solution. So that's what I've really, really been trying to find and do for them. It's amazing. I mean, again, and think about how
0: those kids lives have been changed because of that. Like you said, like, you didn't, I didn't, I, I never had an experience like, that in my entire academic career and just just to have that that kind of I created something that helps somebody else what that would feel like and how that student will carry that forward into their life it's just that's just epic I that's amazing um I'm blown away
1: Make sure That's I want to go to I'm enjoying your classroom. I'm
2: moving to a <laughs> It's <laughs> not me. It is definitely my kids. They're they're amazing. It's amazing what they can do. I mean, yeah, there's things that I can do that they can't. But in, in the end, we learn the most from them. And I'm totally okay with that. That's so
0: beautiful. Awesome. Well, Trish, uh, we're coming up on on our time a little bit because we try to keep it around a drive time, uh, chunk of time, but... I'm just so appreciative to have met you and to, to know you now. And this has been such a cool interview and such a cool bunch of information. And I'm probably going to go have a nice happy cry. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to go hug your kids now. I'm going to go kiss my babies and tell them and send them to your school. (laughs) I'm not sure there's a bus I think there's a boat and a plane and some other things, but like we'll do it. We'll figure it out. Uh, but uh, can you, could you tell our, our audience how they might reach out to you if they want to learn more about you and your school and, and maybe even some of the things you're doing?
2: Oh, yeah. I, I think the easiest way, honestly, just reach out to my email. Um, go trmorg.email at gmail.com. I don't have any social media or anything like that attached to them. Um, my work, but that's the easiest way. Awesome. awesome.
0: Well, we uh, really, Lauren, I really appreciate your time today. Well, tonight for us, today for you. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. So thank you so much. And hopefully we can talk again and you can share some more things maybe after the semester or the year is done and oh, yeah. our audience would love to hear about it. Again, thanks yeah, for having so. me.